This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. On this week's show, I'm really excited to be speaking to Kerry Jordan, who is a brilliant pet photographer. And what we're going to be covering is how to use photography to create a buzz around your pet business. So first of all, hi, Kerry. Thank you so much for coming along and talking to me again. This is our second podcast. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Um, So for anyone who doesn't already know, um, know about you, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, So I have been a photographer um, for 10 years. I started off with weddings because I thought that's what you did to earn a living as a photographer. And then I gradually uh, realised that weddings weren't for me. It's quite a stressful day. Um, I'm not particularly great in in big groups of people. So um, that was a perfect uh, way to go for me uh, and so I started shooting family um, photography um, really loved that but I don't have kids uh, so I wasn't really hanging around in the places that um, parents were I was still getting a lot of clients but there was another amazing photographer who'd moved to the area and I just kind of felt that I needed something else it wasn't really um, the right way for me and I'd actually started taking photographs of my own dogs and set up a page for them uh, because I was flooding Facebook with my personal images of dogs and I gradually started to get commissions so I didn't even know dog photography was a thing back then I think this was uh, seven years ago when I was still shooting families and then last year I rebranded and decided to go all in and be 100% dog photographer Um, and I haven't looked back since it's been amazing oh my gosh that is so good to hear and like I've followed you for a few years and when you were Whippet Snippets before you rebrand and everything and yeah your photos are just absolutely striking and yeah it's just so good to see your work and so the other thing that I wanted to ask you about as well is um, you also have five dogs as well don't you so can you tell me about what life is like with five dogs and Mikey, I can't photograph one dog so I have <laughs> so much respect for you for being able to shoot five so tell us about your dogs as well uh well and um, I never anticipated having five dogs um I was quite happy with two uh Scale was the only one that we had since a puppy and then we did some fostering and uh, Jasper was the one that we couldn't get rid of, basically. He was a black dog with issues. Uh, he's actually a, a bit of a mongrel with a bit of whip in him. So um, we ended up adopting him because we put a lot of hard work in and he taught us a heck of a lot about behaviour um, and um, the fact that he wasn't aggressive. He was just quite fearful and anxious. And so, yeah, we just decided to move further out into the country for a bit more space and seem to uh just collect another three <laughs> and, oh my gosh uh, yeah no it's it's it can be a little bit um uh of a struggle sometimes you know if you know there's lots of dogs around you know trying to keep five under control but they're fairly well behaved uh their recalls uh, away from other dogs and people is you know amazing and they make me laugh daily they've all got such strong personalities 
and different personalities that it, it's never a dull day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can totally imagine. Um, and yeah, just having five dogs and whenever I see your photos with the five dogs all looking lined up perfectly, I'm just I'm just in awe. So uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing a little bit about your um, about life in the fur and fables household and so tell me a little bit about the so you're a pet photographer i know you work with lots of different brands but so can you tell us a little bit about some of the brands that you've worked with um, and the kind of businesses who um, who you photograph yeah sure i mean it's quite varied actually which is lovely i have worked with dog brands who um make dog beds and dog rugs i've worked with brands who make like the really pretty velvet collars and bows I've worked with toy companies canine connectables being one that probably a lot of people will know and I absolutely loved working with that because watching watching the dogs trying to work out these um, interactive toys was just a joy and then uh, obviously um, I'm most well known for my collaborations with Red Hound for Dogs who make Whippet attire I've been working with Debbie for about six years now um, and she's now niched down into just Whippets whereas before she was other other dog brands and yeah and then uh, Lounging Hound which is Sofa Toppers which I just thought was a genius idea so um, they custom they make um, toppers for your sofa to keep muddy paw prints off and stuff like that so we've worked quite extensively with them over the last few years as well. Fantastic okay and um, so tell me can you tell me about um, it's, I've I know obviously all of all of the um, all of the shoots that you do, all the photos are obviously going to be very, very good and very special to the brands or to the individuals. But um, we obviously we're talking about, um, you know, media coverage and that kind of thing on mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, and I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, what would you say your most kind of successful shoot or campaign has been when it when it comes to that area? I would say, I mean, that a lot of the brands have had publicity uh, with my images, but the most successful one would be the lounging hound with their sofa toppers. I think a combination of the fact that it is quite an ingenious product, but also the images, they have been um, on the front cover of the Times Home uh, magazine supplement, um, as well as being inside, I think, maybe three or four times. They've also been in like Town and Country um, and a, a few other of the big glossy magazines with my images. So it's always a bit of a buzz, especially when it was on the cover of the Times at home. That was a particularly special moment. I may have done a little happy dance and I may have squealed a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so, so exciting though, because I know we talk about this a lot. Um, as you know, I've kind of met you as a journalist and obviously I know you're a photographer and I know from my background how important photography is. Um, and yeah, and when you see your work in, in such a prestigious publication, it's just fantastic, isn't it? Mm, it is. And it's, it's funny because um, I was speaking to a journalist um, the other day because I'm being featured myself and she was so pleased because obviously all my images are high quality and she it was about sort of brand businesses and she said she's been so disappointed in the past because she's had to turn really good businesses away because the standard of their imagery is so poor that they can't put it in like because it's quite a big well-known glossy magazine they can't publish them yeah so yeah so to be able to help brands with that because a lot of some of the stuff that I've done is not necessarily product-based I've done headshots for dog brands and services um, and they've made them into publications as well 
yeah it's it's so so important and i feel like i go on about this until like i'm blue in the face because um people like every, you know there's not many people out there is there who like having the photos taken it's something a lot of people put off um but particularly if you're listening and you you know you do have a luxury brand like lounging hounds and like red hounds um, and some of the others that kerry's worked with i can't stress enough how important it is to invest in a shoot because what you really don't want to happen is for you put yourself forward as a case study or you put your product forward to go into a product lineup or a review and then it gets taken out because your photos aren't good enough and you you know you've missed out on that opportunity um but what i wanted to also talk about today um is you know how what we're going to kerry's going to share in this episode how you can take better photos yourself um which will help you in the interim between you know if you're if you're thinking you want to invest in a photo shoot but you're not quite there yet um kerry's going to share some really helpful tips as well about how to get really good photos um but yeah when it comes to kind of pet businesses um and the and the when they when they do you know when they're kind of taking their own using their own imagery um and they're taking their own photos what would you say is the thing that they struggle with the most kerry um i, I think a lot of the time it's having a bit of vision um yeah. i've seen so many dog brands who uh, don't really think about the shoot they just take a photo of for example their dog in a bandana and they're not thinking about anything else apart from, you know, the, the actual product when it's a much bigger thing than that. You know, that you have to, I would say, and we chatted about this earlier, it's shooting with intention. So actually planning a shoot um, and thinking about what you want to achieve from the shoot, which sounds ridiculous but you know it sounds like such a simple thing but it's really really important you need to think about how this is going to come across with your actual brand and and so you know do a mood board do a, a planning session in your head or write it down and, and just have a think about the shoot before you actually go ahead and do it no absolutely that does it really does make sense um, and I know that um, I'm totally guilty of, um, you know, just rushing things and not planning and, and, and that kind of thing. And it does make a difference when you do whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whether it's writing a blog or doing photography or loads of different things. Like the more you plan, the better the outcome. Um, and with Pinterest and things like that, there are like loads of resources out there where you can learn how to make things look so much better, aren't there? Yeah. And it's just, I think one of the things that I say to my, um, uh, one of the classes on my photography course is actually nothing to do with camera. It's about gaining inspiration. Yeah. So have a look at images uh, that you really, really love and that you fit may fit in with your brand. Um, and it's not about copying, but it's picking out the aspects of those images that you love and you think fit in your brand and try and incorporate it into your photography. Um, it's just a lovely way to actually get a bit of focus and vision with your, with your photos. No, that's so true. Um, and I've, I've done Kerry's photography course and it's a really, really great resource for getting you thinking um, and breaking down um, things that are quite complicated or seem quite complicated um, and making it a lot easier for somebody who is really useless with a camera. So <laughs> I would definitely recommend um, giving it a go. Um, and Kerry, I know you've also got loads of great resources on your website as well and loads of um, just loads of great hints and tips. So I'll link to Kerry's website and some of her blogs in this in the show notes for this episode. So you can go and check them out. Um, Kerry's going to run through, like I say, going to give us some great advice um, in this episode as well. Um, but if you want to go away and check out her stuff, then I I will um, share all that for you. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, um, with um, 
with pet businesses, if somebody has got a product business, what would you say are the kind of stock shots that they should always have um, to kind of show off their products? Um, I, I think it depends what the product is, um, but for example, if it is a toy, um, then definitely a shot on its own that's quite plain and simple where there's no distractions. Um, so against a white wall or against um, a, you know, a white piece of paper where you can't see the edges, that kind of thing, so that people just can see it. But I think visually, images need to invoke some kind of emotion um, for your targeted clients. So they need to see for example, the product in action. So if it's a toy, a dog interacting with it, or if it's a collar, you know, the dog doing what your brand encompasses. So, you know, some brands are quite luxury and it'd be like sat on a, a sofa in a nice restaurant, whereas other brands might be a bit more rough and ready, you know, so sort of dog splashing through a puddle, that kind of thing. So definitely a lifestyle aspect to it. And then maybe just a nice um, one where it's, it's again on its own, but in a natural environment, if it's a natural brand, uh, those three things mm -hmm. um, I, I think are really important. Um, but trying to incorporate a human element, uh, depend, again, depending on what the product or service is, is always going to help because it helps put people in those, those shoes, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, so in that, so in that instance, if you had like a dog collar, um, so you, you would have the product shot, you'd have the in action shot, so the lifestyle showing, you know, whether it's a, a collar for dogs who love splashing in puddles or a luxury, yeah. um, and then the human, so like the human aspect, would that be, you know, a person with the dog wearing the collar, or what? How can you? How would you describe that? So it could be anything really. So I know a lot of people don't like being in shots, but they don't have to have their full, the full person in the shot. Mm -hmm. So for example, you could have a hand stroking, you know, the back of the neck with the collar on or a hand connecting the lead to the collar um, or even just walking along with boots, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think me personally, um, as both a photographer and somebody who is a consumer of a lot of dog products <laughs> i like to see um somebody having fun with their dog so yeah. for me seeing a person's face happy and smiling and enjoying themselves is a really good um touch point for me brilliant okay now i absolutely love that again another thing that i always say to people when they have photo shoots is please smile do not pout so smiling and being happy is so important isn't it because that just connects rather than yeah, thinking and absolutely. Who, is, who is that pouting person um brilliant okay so i'm going to ask the same about service providers so your groomers trainers walkers pet sitters what would you say um, would be the kind of standard shots that you think they should have um, okay, so, well, groomers is super easy because you've got the before and after shots. Yeah. Um, but what yeah. I would also maybe in include is um, you having a good time with the dog afterwards so the dog looks happy and relaxed. So rather than just the standard um, on the table before and after, um, you know, have a little cuddle with the dog because at the end of the day, there are a lot of dogs who feel uncomfortable going to the groomers and it's not their favourite place. So to be able to show a, a happy, um, relaxed, dog at the end I think will put a lot of people um, who are looking for dog groomers at ease rather than just the standard I'm standing on a you know a, a grooming table before and after shot 
Yep. No, that's really, really good. Really helpful. Thank you. And um, then, sorry, I forgot I didn't answer your other question. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, dog walk, yeah dog walkers are, are pretty much the same. It's you have to show the dog having a good time. So it's all very well having a nice posed shot um, of a dog just sitting. Yeah. But it's nice to see dogs interacting with the dogs that m might be on the walk and interacting with you is so important you know, we put a lot of trust in, in people who are service providers for dogs like dog walkers and groomers. Yeah. So seeing a picture, even if it's just, you know, a picture that you send to the client, if you don't necessarily want to include it on social media, it's still, it's still a photograph that's connecting you with somebody. And, and seeing my dog having a great time with its dog walker or groomer is just going to give me a sense of ease. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me feel much more relaxed that the dog is okay. No, absolutely. And pictures tell stories, don't they? Obviously, I do the words side of things, but those <laughs> pictures tell a story. And that's what we, we really need to be communicating that to people. And like you say, those staged, boring, um, you know, dogs just standing around. Um, they don't tell a story, do they? It's just a dog stood there. So yeah, that's really, yeah, exactly. really helpful. Thank you. Um, so I know obviously you're over in Surrey, um, I'm in Newcastle, so if, if you were near me I would be having shoots all the time, um, but, <laughs> and I know that you work with a lot of different brands, but um, one of the things um, I do encourage people to do is to invest in a shoot, um, and while it would be lovely for Kerry to go and photograph everybody, um, I know that that might not be possible because of geography and that kind of thing, so what I wanted to ask you is, um, what's your advice on how to get um, the most from a photo shoot if someone's considering working with a photographer who obviously isn't you, um, what would your advice be for that um i think regardless of whether you know people are near me or not you know because I, I my style might not be right for them yeah um but um for sure i would go for a, a pet photographer who is a designated pet photographer not somebody who and i'm sure that some of them are, are absolutely amazing but for me it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable if somebody shoots weddings mm -hmm. families dogs food events um as a pet photographer you build up quite a a good knowledge base of dog behavior yeah um and also if a dog's anxious what you can do to make it calm if a dog needs to stay on lead you know how to position the lead so you can take it out afterwards so i definitely think it's for me important to go with somebody who's um purely a pet photographer yeah um so that's the first thing the other thing is figure out how long they've been working for as a pet photographer um if somebody's only been doing it a couple of weeks maybe just be aware that they might not have the breadth of knowledge about getting the right shots for dogs uh, for me it's very important that the dog is comfortable so yeah. if something's not working regardless of an idea that a client might have in their head i will not go ahead with it because at the end of the day an unhappy dog doesn't make for a great photo um, and we can just compromise around something else yeah um have a think about um, ask the photographer what is included um and the copyright generally will always remain with the photographer but the um the the permissions that they give to you are going to be quite important mm -hmm. so I pretty much give them full permission to do anything but some might say no um no print um images yeah. in publications unless they're previously notified or given credit for example yeah uh, so just check the permissions of uh, your copyright um and see if they've got a dog model database if you're using your own dogs that's that's a different matter um but um I've got a dog model database and I've got quite strict 
rules about who goes on it. So mm-hmm. I do a, a casting call and if a client wants a particular breed, they will have to be able to do a sit and wait. They have to be well socialised. They have to um, be up to date with um, uh, their, their jabs, etc. And they have to be okay with other dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes it really easy then to be able to uh, do a shoot with with no issues. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think there's some basic fundamental things, but yeah. more than anything, have a look at their images and do you feel emotional? Um, yeah. No, I, I think most photographers will be able to adapt to your brand style, but unless you feel something about the images, you can't expect them to create something that then makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are cheap, there are people who are expensive, um, but go with the ones that you you gut feel. Absolutely, and um, us, yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. And I can't, I can't stress enough like how much um, when you do invest in a photo shoot, how much you know you've got pictures that you're going to treasure forever. Um, I, I know I've told this story before, but you know when I first launched my blog. I had a photo shoot and the photos were lovely. I had lots of photo shoots with Daisy. I was really lucky because I used to do stories with her. Um, So I'd Mm. have um, press photographers photograph her. um, And some of those shoots were really, really good as well. Um, But I was so grateful that I had that that final shoot because, you know, she died quite, quite, it all kind of happened quite quickly. And, you know, those photos just mean so much. So while it can feel like a really huge um, investment sometimes, I can't tell you how much, um, you know, how much those pictures will mean to you. Um, mm. And the other thing I did want to say as well, just talking about the permission um, from, a, from a journalist point of view, um, quite often if I put, um, if I send off stories and they've got professional photos with them, the picture desk does generally say, who do I need to credit for these pictures? Um, yeah. And they will say, you know, pictures by Kerry Jordan, Fur and Fables or whatever photographer it is that has submitted them. But um the only other advice would be um, when people are thinking about booking a shoot is newspapers, because of budget cuts and stuff, they won't expect to pay um, extra for photos that are submitted by the case mm-hmm. study. Um, so again, if you're looking at booking a shoot, then you um, you might want to check with the photographer that they wouldn't send a bill in because um, that could be... Oh, that's a well, I've tricky. never come across that, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that has... That, that can happen. Um, so think about that. Um, so enough of the heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> Kerry, also, Kerry also does a class she's going to be doing. We're talking in at the end of June and in July. I'm very excited because Kerry's doing a class for me in my membership. And she's going to go much um, into lots of detail about how to, how to photograph your dogs or pets. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Um, but one of the reasons why we're talking today, um, this podcast is going to go out at the beginning of July, is because, oh my God, I'm jumping up and down. It's <laughs> National Dog Photography Day in July. Can you can you remember how crazy we went last year? If you uh, knew me last year and knew Kerry last year, you will know um, just how bonkers we all went because it was just <laughs> the most exciting thing ever. Um, and I want uh, listeners who have got dogs to get involved with National Dog Photography Day. And it's why Kerry's here. It's her day. And she's going to share some brilliant tips Um about how to get brilliant photos so you can totally throw yourself into National Dog Photography Day with gusto. Um, so Kerry, tell us a little bit of background about National Dog Photography Day. I will link to the episode where you talk about it in, in we talk about it for the whole episode, I think. But tell us a little bit about National Dog Photography Day, how it came about, um, and, and like obviously who it's for. 
Sure. Um, okay. Uh, so it was maybe three years ago I was at a live event. Um, it's actually a lady called Janet Murray who does um, like content stuff for businesses. And she's got a media diary. And I remember being really good after the event and I was sitting down and I was trying to plan my content uh, for the next few months. And um, <laughs> because I'm I'm less of a business person and more of a creative. My mind started to wonder a little bit. And I was kind of sat there going, why, why, do, first of all, why do people come up with some of these days? Because I think one of them was an ugly truck day. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, how, how do they do it? So I started to do a little bit of research and there are databases which hold all the national and international days and specifically for journalists, newspapers, magazines, so that they can create content around, you know, those days. So then I got to thinking, what day would I create? And of course, being a dog photographer, it was fairly simple to come up with National Dog Photography Day. And I didn't really think anything beyond just creating the day at the time. I emailed the, the UK database, which is year ahead, and they they weren't convinced um, because this you know the, ha- the the days have to hold traction for them. It has to be something that people actually want to pick up um, to be a newsworthy event. I managed to convince them, thankfully, and uh, they put together the page for me uh, and the day, and we had a hashtag, etc. And then yeah, and then I forgot about it for about a year. <laughs> And it was about the day before, I think, maybe two days before, I started doing a little bit of work on the hashtag. And on the day, sat down and literally, I hardly moved from my laptop. And I just retweeted every tweet, tweeted loads, did some stuff on Instagram and Facebook. And it started taking off on Twitter. And the first year, I think it hit, I think, um, uh, top 10. Um, So I think it was number eight in UK trending Twitter which for me was very exciting because I hadn't done any work on it and um, I've never really envisioned it doing very much because I'm not much of a planner. And then the second year I had a bit more foresight and I retweeted some of the most popular tweets from the year before. And of course, Rachel and a bunch of other uh, my other dog um, business friends went a bit crazy, which was so lovely. And it hit number one, um, our UK trend, uh, trending on Twitter above uh, Friday Feelings, because uh, it was on Friday, and uh, Friday Motivation and all those other things. And it was tweeted by the likes of uh, BBC Radio, Good Morning TV, that kind of thing. And the main reason for me setting it up was I just, I get so emotional at some of the stories that people put behind their Um, photographs of their dogs and it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional photo it's like you know their favorite snaps of a dog with a goofy face that kind of thing and I wanted to celebrate that basically I wanted to celebrate the fact that people set up Instagram accounts for their dogs Um, I wanted to celebrate the fact that we love taking photos of our dogs because they are a huge part of our lives and yeah and that that's how it came about and so this will be the third year and I'm very excited. Wow, I can't wait. It was just so, so good last year. And like you say, I think it's because um, 
it's just such a it's such a great hashtag and we love um taking photos of of our dogs and i would love to be the person who was umming and ahhing at um the year ahead about doing um about doing your day when they saw it trending on number tweet on trending at number one on twitter last year because they must have just been like oh my gosh this is phenomenal because it's great for them as well isn't it if a national day yeah. is trending um, yep. and yeah it's making you know it's raising awareness of the whole you know awareness day thing isn't it which is a bit strange but yes raising awareness of awareness days um, <laughs> it's a whole other sub subject isn't it but okay so ahead of the day um if people are listening and thinking right i want to take some brilliant pictures of my dog can you share some of your like some nice easy to follow tips that are going to give people far better photos of the dog than they would get normally what would be your um your top tips yeah, sure. So in particular, if you want to create something for National Dog Photography Day, um, have a think about the shoot beforehand. I covered this earlier on in the podcast, but really think about what you want to achieve. So if you are going to be uh, doing a charity aspect, can you get somebody from the charity involved to be in the shoot, for example? Um, if it's um, going to be a story behind uh, why you're posting this photo on National uh, Dog Photography Day, how can your image tell um, the story? But try and keep it within your brand as well. Try not to let it jar. So if you're a, you know, a real country bumpkin and you know, you've got your, your uh, leather boots and your you know, walking stick and that kind of thing, don't take a photo um, you know, in a city uh, it's just gonna it's not gonna jar it's gonna jar with your with your brand um, but just try and think about all those aspects create a pin board um and and think just think about the image beforehand rather than just sharing something and try and put a message to it as well i would say so again it's about forward thinking what message do i want to do how can i connect this to my business is it a positive message is it a influential message and try and tie it into um to your business and think about all those things before you even pick up the camera. Brilliant. Okay. Um, yeah. And so with regards to when you've actually picked up the camera, <laughs> one of the um, simplest things for me um, to create better images is looking at the, the light of an image. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of people have problems with darker dogs. Um, the, the most basic place to photograph a dog with really beautiful soft light is in the shade so even on like a day like today although it's sort of coming up to midday so i don't suggest uh, doing it at height of uh, summer in midday if you can get underneath the shade of a tree or in the shade of a building with your dog facing out towards the main bit of light uh, that will create a lovely soft even image so you won't have any harsh shadows your dog won't be like half in shade half not in shade it's a really really good one for, for darker dogs as well and that will just give you a really nice like the colors won't be oversaturated it's such a beautiful place to shoot images in the shade um and easy it's easy to do and then otherwise think about your background if you're doing it indoors take some of the clutter out of the background i've seen so many images with like shoes in the top corner <laughs> or or a plug socket with wires coming out of it um it may not seem important but we're visual people and these things will will just detract attention away from your dog and i think the only other one which is quite um 
a well-known photography um, a bit of knowledge is that within an image, your eyes are drawn to the brightest part. So if you're going to do a shot outside and it's a really sunny day, just be aware that if the sky is really bright, that's where our eyes going to flicker to. Okay. So maybe just coming closer to your dog so it cuts out the sky a little bit um, and just be aware that if there's any bright spots, it's just going to um, detract away from the main image. Brilliant. Okay. Those tips are so are so good um and i was just thinking as you were talking and i'm writing down loads of notes um oh my god what i would do to have like just a few hours where you show me that stuff in like in real life i think that'll be so so helpful um because i am one of those people who just rushes everything and tommy my boyfriend he takes pictures of patch and he always has random things in the background and um, because he's just got no like, no no details and not very much patience so that's <laughs> i really really do need to up the ante with the photography but there's loads of really helpful stuff there and i was also thinking about like some examples when you were talking about um making the image tie in with your business so i was mm -hmm. thinking about sarah from reg and bob so sarah and um, sarah and kerry know each other and um, but sarah makes um she makes she is a, her brand um creates products um like leads collars and other things other accessories for dogs that love to be dogs so love jumping yeah. puddles and rolling in poo so like <laughs> I, like you know she could get a brilliant picture of like reg and bob just like marauding around in puddles and stuff like that couldn't she for national dog photography day and um yeah you can I mean, have some real fun can't you yeah exactly and with an image like that again tying it into the story behind the image and the brand you yeah. know she could ask the question what's the worst thing that your dog's rolled in yeah put in the hashtag um and then it will get picked up by twitter instagram you know that kind of thing and i know with national dog photography last year a lot of the big news sites picked up the best tweets. Yeah. Um, you know, Twitter's a great one to, to be picked up, um, as you constantly talk about, yeah. uh, to be picked up by papers and journalists. So you never know where that might get you if you get the right amount, the right content behind the image as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, and the Twitter thing is so true. The other thing that happens on Twitter as well, a bit of a tip, um, is if you get your photo on there really early, um, you've got more chance of it going um, online and in publication. So Karen, who runs Luxury Dog Hampers, when it was the election day, she went out at five o'clock in the morning and she did a picture of her, her old dog, Bailey, who sadly has passed away now, um, outside the polling station. And she got on, on the metro because she was literally the, one of the first people to tweet with the dogs at polling station hashtag. Yeah. Um, so yeah, think about your timing as well. Get in there early um, and chances are if you've got a really brilliant picture, um, it will get picked up and possibly used on some massive websites. Yeah, and obviously that, that's amazing. There. I, yeah, isn't it? Her, her dedication is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh, isn't it true? Um, and I know I'm always going on about Twitter, but yeah, it's, it, I mean, you know, Karen just got a really easy win there because she went out, she posted the picture and literally I remember her texting me at seven o'clock in the morning saying I'm on the metro uh, on the metro website which was great so when you search for luxury dog hampers that comes up and you see Bailey and you see her brand and she hasn't you know it, it, it was quite a nice easy thing for her to do as well brilliant. so yeah get in there early um, with your brilliant pictures and I can't wait to see what people create because I've got loads of ideas pinging around um, about things that we could do I've also got a brilliant photo that I need to share on um, with with you actually of Daisy who I, took, I come back for the holidays and I think to punish me, um, she decided to roll in so much fox poo. She was literally covered from head to toe, both sides. 
oh my God. disgusting stuff and I think <laughs> oh, I need to share that on National Dog Photography Day because it's just yes. so horrible but it's so funny um, <laughs> anyway sorry I'm going off on one now um, but I just wanted to say Kerry is re- Kerry um, is in my Facebook group for publicity tips for pet businesses if you're not in there already please come along because Kerry's going to do a Facebook live where she's going to show you um some really handy um, things that you can do. So she's literally going to go out with a camera and show you what to do live on Facebook um, ahead of National Dog Photography Day. So please come along and join the group. I'll put a link in the com- in the show notes for this episode so you can get my email updates and I will tell you via email once we've arranged it as well. Um, but yeah, that's going to be really helpful too. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, Kerry. Um, yeah no me too I think it's going to be because uh, it's all very it's it's all very well talking and I think I mm. hope that people have got the visual idea of what I was trying to explain yeah but what I'm hoping to do on the live is to to literally go through how setting up a photo can help you um, and then actually setting up the photo uh, with with my camera with you viewing it as it's going ahead um so I think it's going to be really exciting so do I. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I massively appreciate you um, coming on the podcast and talk about it um, and then doing a live as well, because I, I totally know what you mean. It's great to listen to stuff. But actually with photography, you know, if you show people what they should do, then that's going to be really helpful. So thank you. Um, so, Kerry, where can people find out more about you? OK, uh, well, I my website is furandfables.com and it's got all my social media links on there. I'm probably most active on instagram and facebook i'm sure rachel will pop those in the notes yeah. <laughs> if, she, if she's not going to then i've kind of pressurized her <laughs> okay no i will i'll link to all of your links um, but yeah. but yeah um, um but yeah so you can find um, all about um my my job photography and also the photography for beginners etc on my website um yeah. but if honestly if you're in the group if you have any questions at all if something's frustrating you please just um, pop it in the group and I will see if I can help that's brilliant thank you so much Kerry um, I really appreciate you coming on the show so thank you it's always lovely to talk to you uh, and I look forward to seeing you soon D- ditto thank you for listening to the publicity for pet businesses podcast for more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk